0: This morning's scripture comes from the Gospel of Matthew, verses 13 or chapter 13 verses 31 and 32. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, It is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that birds come and perch in its branches. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us, thanks be to God. Please turn in voices together to hymn number 298 and we'll join in singing What is the World Like?
1: Well, good morning, and I wish you a very good mustard seed morning, with all that that represents. Uh, I do a lot of public speaking, but I don't do sermons very often, so bear with me, and a prayer would be welcome. Um, We're talking about something new today. It's about a new generation. I call them the good news generation. Uh, I've worked with churches for a long time, and churches I find love their young people, adore their young people, but very few of those adoring the young people check out how the profile of each generation is different than the one before, and so I want to talk to you a little bit about the Good News generation and the opportunity it represents for the Mennonite Church. First of all, I just wanna say thank you for your hospitality to Christine and I. We very much enjoy being here. We've worked with Mennonite uh, colleges and seminaries over the years, and uh, we are feeling very much at home here. Now, I'm going to take you on a trip back to the future. I'm gonna start on that first Earth Day April 22nd, 1970. How many more mature Mennonites remember that day? Okay. You you younger people, you just have to take it for granted that we've been someplace you haven't found yet. Uh, I was working on that day at Maui Community College in Hawaii as the Dean of Students. I enjoyed my work, and this guy came through from the main campus, Uh, he, he came through lecturing on the environment. And I thought that was intriguing, so I went to hear his lecture. And his lecture was daunting, because he was saying that the world that we were living in back then was not going to be the world of the future, and that we were going to be facing increasing environmental challenges. Well, that was very, very dawning. As I was leaving, uh, I saw nine of our students headed down to the ocean with bags, and I thought, my goodness, what's that about? So I tagged along, got down to the beach, and there on the beach was a huge mountain of garbage that had been collecting over a week, right next to a motel. They bagged the garbage, took it into the motel, and when the manager saw them, he went livid, but he, in all of his shouting and crying, it did not work. They stayed there until five o'clock, and he caved in, signed up for a garbage service, and they took it to the dump. Well, that was a a life-changing time for me. I enjoyed my work at Maui Community College, but two months later I resigned. I wound up here in Seattle, Um, uh, and going to the University of Washington to pursue a doctorate in the history of ideas, but a minor in forecasting, something that is not common in the church. And so, I have had a lot of fun over the years trying to help church leaders learn from urban planners like Peter how to do two things that are essential in urban planning but are never rarely seen in the church, Number one is to anticipate the new challenges that are coming down the road. And number two, to research broadly, aggressively, the most innovative ways to address those in the name of Jesus. So that's what I've been up to for a few years and trying to work, I've had a chance to work with a lot of men like colleges and churches over that time um we find ourselves living in a world now uh of remarkable change and that presents some opportunities back then Governor Evans Dan Evans Republican one of the things that he did when I got here my professors at the U were involved with him and persuaded him to join three other states and doing a futures project He spent the whole year creating alternatives for Washington, and before he left office, he got nine new resolutions passed for environmental issues, Republican governor. Uh, By the way, he just had his 89th birthday, and he is still with us. So I want to talk to you a little bit about what the mustard seed conspiracy that I wrote as my first book can mean for us today. I want to talk to you about the Good News Generation, and one of the things I have down front here that I'm going to share, I have 14 copies of what uh, an organization has done to collect data every year on each generation, and this is a Good News Generation because Unlike older generations, they are much more concerned about the environment. They're much more concerned about economic and racial justice. And hey, believe it or not, Mennonites, they really care about what's going on in the Middle East and they wanna see the war stopped. So this is a good news generation, and there's an organization 10 years ago here in the Seattle area that did something unusual Um, they started a new form of church planting uh, in which they invited people to be involved in neighborhood empowerment projects who hadn't joined their church. Now, isn't that a radical thing to do? Can you even conceive of that? Well, it worked beautifully for them, and I recommend it for us. While churches in the two-thirds world, the Mennonite churches in the two-thirds world, are doing quite well. They're growing, they're seeing young people come, there's a growth pattern going on. Many Mennonite churches, like uh, some of the uh, mainline churches, are seeing declining numbers, few young people, and so one of the things that I encourage us to think about and consider is getting to know the young people in the neighborhood that we serve that are in high school getting out of high school and find out what makes them tick and find ways to invite them to be involved in neighborhood empowerment without first joining the church i know that sounds radical but i don't think it's i don't think there's any danger to it and so i'm i'm suggesting creating an habit church process uh, to get them involved. Uh, before COVID, I did a Futures Creativity Workshop um, with 30 s- seniors at Goshen College. Uh, these graduating seniors welcomed the opportunity to do some creativity work. I normally do it on with churches. I do day-long or two-day futures processes to help churches uh, really reinvent themselves for their changing situation. But I did it uh, with these seniors, and uh, we were having a good time, and then three of them immediately got together and started a bit of brainstorming on our own. Uh, Two young men stood up and said, "They have a job in Chicago working with in a in an urban church low income uh as youth workers and a guy across the room said hey i 'm going to be in chicago too i've got a uh, i've got a, a, a what we call a a a, 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 ca- a test job what what am I trying to say a job in a text shop there we go." And uh, he said, you know what? Uh, I'm going to take the lead in finding a place for all three of us to live, and I'm going to pay most of the bill for that to happen. Uh, That's the kind of good news that we'd like to see in our churches, in our communities. And uh, we're in a strange time right now with so much going on, particularly the war that is so daunting. I would like to encourage us as we start moving forward in the church to find ways to connect uh, with Gen Next, to find ways to come up with neighborhood empowerment projects and get something going uh, and uh, leave it to the good Lord to see how that works out. Um, Christine and I would enjoy having some coffee with you. Uh, What I brought along, are copies of Pew from the Pew Research Center. They come out every year that provide a profile of the generation. I, I know every church that I've worked with love their young people, but they assume that their young people are just a carbon copy of themselves. They don't realize this young generation really cares very deeply about things that Mennonites care about and I think we need to find ways to connect to them. So I've got 14 copies of this. I've got a couple of my books. Some of you know Dwight Friesen. I did a book with Dwight Friesen uh, called 220's Foresight, Three Vital Practices for Thriving in a Decade of Accelerating Change, where I outlined practical ways to anticipate change and to do the kind of aggressive research that Peter and other urban planners do on innovative ways to respond to change. We're living in a time of radical change, and God help us, we need our churches to be just as foresightful and aggressive as urban planners for times like these. In the mustard seed name of Jesus, amen.